What's the difference between physical and spiritual healing? Welcome to the Transformative Talk. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 74 of Tractate Subas, and we learn that spiritual healing, teshuva, obliterates all vestiges of the sin. It's as if you never sinned at all. Welcome to the Transformative Daf, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with a story. A number of years ago, a colleague in a large synagogue told me about a new initiative that he'd embarked upon to stay in touch with his many congregants. He called it the annual spiritual checkup. Just like you go to see a doctor for an annual physical checkup, he encouraged his congregants to meet with him at least once a year for a spiritual checkup. Those meetings provided the opportunity to touch base, particularly with those that he would only see a couple of times a year on the high holidays and at Simchas. All too often, a rabbi doesn't even hear when a congregant is unwell or has a family simcha or crisis. The spiritual checkup was an opportunity to receive timely updates on his congregants' lives. Thus, he was able to be with them in their times of joy and advise them in their times of need. Let's look at today's Gemara. The rabbis taught, if she went to a sage who released her from her vows, they remain married. But if she went to a doctor who healed her, the marriage is still void. What is the difference between a sage and a doctor? The sage has the power to uproot the vow from its inception. The doctor can only cure the malady going forward, says Rashi. For he, the sage, offers her an opening of remorse, saying, Did you vow knowing this? And she replies, No. And the sage says, It has brought you to this. Therefore, it is not a vow, and it is permissible to you. Consequently, it is as if she has no vows in effect at the time of the wedding. Let's analyze the Gemara. When two people get married, there's an assumption that they tell one another about any major issues that they'll be personally dealing with prior to the wedding. Otherwise, the agreement to marry would be somewhat fraudulent. The Mishnah teaches that if a man married a woman with the understanding that she had no pre-existing vows of abstinence, and subsequently he discovered that she had made vows which remain in effect, the marriage is void because it was based on misinformation. Similarly, if they were married with the understanding that she had no physical ailments and subsequently he discovered health issues that she hadn't informed him about, the marriage is void. The Gemara then suggests that they could fix the issues by approaching a physical or spiritual doctor. If the rabbi annulled vows or the doctor healed the ailments, would the marriage still be considered null and void? Our sages ruled that the rabbi's annulment could save the marriage, but the doctor's healing would not because the doctor's ability to cure only has the power to remedy the ailment going forward. Thus, when they were married, the ailment was present because the doctor can't backdate his cure. And so if this was officially a marriage based on the understanding that there were no physical ailments, we can't change the fact that there were concealed issues at the time of the wedding, thus making it fraudulent and ineffective. Hence, it is null and void. How about the rabbi's cure? Why does that save the marriage? Says the Gemara, because by annulling the vow, he cancels it retroactively, thereby removing it not only going forward, but causing it never to have existed to begin with. Thus, at the time of the wedding, there were effectively no outstanding vows in place. How does he do this? Rashi explains that he seeks an opening for the abstainer to express remorse at having uttered the vow, thereby uprooting it from the beginning. In this case, the rabbi would ask, had you known that the vow would negate your marriage, would you have made the pledge? If the response is no, then it is as if the vow was never made to begin with because the actual vow was made on a false pretext. 
Consequently, at the time of the marriage, no vows were in force, as the husband had assumed, and the marriage is validated and remains in effect. The Itav Panem teaches that Teshuva works the same way. When a person repents for his misdeeds, not only does he remove them going forward, but he uproots them from the very beginning, causing them to never have existed. How does that work? You see, God is above time, he explains. When the individual sins, God knows that he will eventually do Teshuva. That future moment of repentance is happening right now for God, who is above time. Therefore, even at the time of the sin, it is as if it never happened. When you sin, you blemish your soul. Just like a physical wound, a spiritual blemish is painful and dangerous, and you're going to want to cure it as quickly as possible. The way to cure a spiritual wound is through Teshuvah. When you sincerely regret your misdeed, confess your iniquity to God, and promise never to do it again, you cure the blemish on your soul. In Judaism, you can generally achieve that healing on your own, but if you feel you need assistance, you can always ask a rabbi for advice on achieving spiritual healing. Here's the incredible power of spiritual versus physical healing. When you go to see a doctor, all he can do is cure your malady going forward. Truth is, he might not even be able to remove all evidence of the original wound. An operation might result in a lifelong scar, and medication might result in side effects. In contrast, when you achieve spiritual healing, you can completely uproot the problem from its inception, such that it's as if it never happened. What's more, the Talmud tells us that an incredibly potent teshuva has the power to transform one's sins into merits. Not only do your spiritual blemishes heal, but they become adornments for your soul. The power of teshuva is unparalleled. When you turn over a new leaf, you completely eradicate the previous leaf that may have been a little rotten. Sometimes you can do this by yourself. Other times you might need to seek spiritual advice. Just like you wouldn't hesitate to ask a doctor about your physical ailments, you should never be shy to discuss your spiritual ailments with the rabbi. When was your last spiritual checkup? Even though it's true that Judaism requires no intermediary to confess your sins to, it does help to have a close relationship with a rabbi who can advise you objectively on how best to accomplish your divine mission. May you merit spiritual healing and transformation, wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful about Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf. Yeah.